I have decided unilaterally without uh, consulting my uh, Rocktown Sports Pod, Rockingham County's only all-local sports <laughs> podcast cohort, uh, on this one, he will not now be known as Kodrick. <laughs> it just sounds more official. Like, like it's it's like in, in the movie Spaceballs. I'm, you've never seen the movie Spaceballs? I have not. It's a Mel Brooks classic where a John Candy plays like his version of Chewbacca, and it's a mog, <laughs> half man, half dog, and his name is Barf. <laughs> and before the uh, the I believe it's a uh, Princess Vespa and uh, Lone Star get married. Uh, the priest asks who the best man is, and Barf says, me. And the priest goes, what's your name? He's like, Barf. He goes, your full name. He goes, Bartholomew. So I think I think Kodrick sounds like a, a much – it classes it up a little bit. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, sure. I mean, we'll go with it. Unless I'll, Co- I'll have to see how my mother feels about that. <laughs> Unless Cody's a family name, at which point, I don't think it's a family name. Okay. But All right. Well, hey, I'm Jim Sacco, editor of Daily News Record. This is Kodrick Elliott. He's our <laughs> preps writer. Uh, and, you know, we got tons of basketball to talk about. We got, uh, you know, uh, some few of our, our three C teams, Region 3 C teams have already secured their state bid, so they're just going for regional hardware and, play, and postseason seeding. Our 2B teams have yet to earn state bids. They're only in the semifinals of their regional tournament, so their state bids are a-coming. But let's start looking back at wrestling. Uh, Virginia High School League State State Wrestling Tournament uh, was this past Saturday. We could have had a four score with three East Rock wrestlers and uh, one and uh, uh, Turner Ashby's uh, Jesse Knight. All going uh, wrestling on the, uh, the 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 second day for the state in the state championships. However, we leave with only one state champion, back-to-back state champion, Class Three heavyweight Jesse Knight of Turner Ashby High School. Cody once again, you know, while it was a second period pin, he pinned everybody for the second straight year in his 16-man bracket on his way to the state championship. Utter dominance. Yeah, I thought that there was really one guarantee that I felt like. Um, we kind of knew going into the state tournament. I don't want to say guarantee because you don't, you can never guarantee anything. But there was one pretty sure thing, and one thing I felt most confident about, and that was that Jesse and I was going to leave there with the state championship. And sure enough, um, he did just that. Um, you know, I thought it was kind of funny even at the beginning of that match in the championship match against uh, Rockbridge's uh, David Alio. Um, he, you know, David I think got a got a couple of points early there in that first period, and uh, you looked over behind it, and, and understandably the Rockbridge his teammates were, were going crazy, and right, right behind us on press row. Yeah, I mean, just you know, losing their minds, and, and then they've got the upset in their minds, and, and the hope of you know pulling off just the massive stunner there, and then uh, you know, sure enough, by the end of the first period. It looks like he's about to pin him, and he just runs out of time. Um, and then it was almost like you were just waiting for the inevitable at that point. And then, you, you, again, you had to wait kind of a, a majority of that uh, second period. And then finally there, I think it was with about 10 seconds left, um, he, he gets him down and, and uh, pins him. So, yeah, I mean, just dominating display. And talking to some of the other coaches around the, the, the Valley, I mean, just the respect and the um, – you know, the admiration he's earned from the entire area, not just, you know, Bridgewater, but from the entire city county is just it's pretty incredible. And, and to, 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 to get a Leo onto the ground with, of all things, a Russian foot sweep, which, <laughs> you know, I you know, Jesse told us afterwards was not something he was expecting to win a state title. with, right. But, but you know, hey, it worked. And, and going back to the, the Rockbridge uh, teammate game and chip and, you know, good for them. That was just great how they were just right, right all behind a Leo. 
standing right next to the Turner Ashby wrestlers. Too, right. Uh, was I had to ask Jesse afterwards was in that about midway through that second period. Uh, you heard them behind us going, he's gassed, he's gassed, he's heaving, he's heaving. <laughs> and you saw like a little smirk pop on, up, up on Jesse's face. And I asked him, did you hear him? He's like, oh, yeah, I heard him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it was one of those things. I think everybody in the room, you know, kind of, or in the building, I guess, was kind of just waiting for it to happen. Um, sure enough, it, it did. And, um, I mean, yeah, just I, I just, I don't think it can be talked about enough how remarkable you know, what he just did was, I mean, back-to-back unbeaten years um, in the heavyweight class, especially. Um, I mean, it's it's just been remarkable to watch him. And, uh, you know, this year, especially coming off the thumb injury in football season where he had surgery, um, only wrestled at eight matches in the regular season. And then, you know, started postseason play or the postseason run and just, you know, dominated from start to finish. Um, I, I, I can't confirm this, but I'm pretty sure he, he pinned every single opponent throughout the postseason. Um, and then, you know, the regular season was obviously dominating as well. Um, he, several, he, he at least did in the in the state tournament. Yeah, I, and, and I'm, I know he did in the district tournament, so I'm, I'm fairly certain he did in regionals as well. So, um, you know, I was talking to a few of the coaches from other areas, and uh, Spotswood's Chris Smith actually told me that Jesse would probably win the state championship in the heavyweight uh, division for Class 4, Class 5, and maybe even Class 6. That's just how good he's been. Um, so, you know, uh, the Valley's been very uh, fortunate to have, you know, a guy of that caliber in recent years, and, you know, I think many of the coaches kind of are in agreement that having a guy like him around has kind of elevated the sport in itself in the area. And, and, and uh, you know, East Rock, a three-man uh, wrestling team, uh, all three of those guys uh, come home with silver. Uh, they had rough goes in their championship matches. It looks like almost maybe wrestling too defensive and not going after points. But my understanding is that's kind of been their bread and butter all year is being on the defensive and just scoring points when they can get them. Yeah, and, and you know, it's they face. I think I'd be interested to see, you know, how how much the unfamiliarity kind of came into play there at the end because you know throughout districts and regionals they wrestled a majority of the same wrestlers um, in terms of guys from Strasburg, Stone. Jackson, some places like that, um, you know, they weren't really challenged much. They won their three district championship matches, and then they faced the same three guys in the, in the regional um, bout. So um, once they got to states, you know, I think they obviously they saw an elevated uh, level of wrestling, especially in the championship rounds. Um, and, yeah, they, they weren't quite able to get the job done. But, you know, still impressive nonetheless to have three guys on your team. And, and the, you know, whenever you hear something like that, I know when I heard it at the beginning of the year, you think it's going to be a down year for East Rock Wrestling. They're, they're not going to have much participation, blah, blah, blah. They send all three of them to the state championship match. That's impressive. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, so props to them for being able to get there. Let's move over to basketball. We'll start with the boys. Uh, Eastern, Mennonite High School, Eastern Mennonite High School once again finds themselves in the Virginia Independent Schools Athletic Association fi- uh, class Division, Division three, Division three, <laughs> Final Four. You were at that quarterfinal win last night, Cody. How far is this team going? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, I kind of, I thought, I thought so early in the year, and, and I, then they went through some bumps in the midseason. But um, I think they're a team capable of winning it all. You know, I, last year I went down there um, for the semifinal and final round, and they they played some really good teams, and um, they played LCA, who's currently ranked number one in their division. Um, they played them last year in the championship game, lost by just a few points. Um, what's interesting about Eastern Mennonite is every game that you go to watch them play at this point in the year and at this level, um, they look like the overmatched team. You know, they, they, they are often undersized. 
Um, the other team has a lot more athletes, has has a lot more skill guys, things like that. But Eastern Mennonite just manages to find a way. And, and one thing that's been interesting about this year's team is they're focused on the defensive end. Last year we kind of knew them as for the three-point shooting and the ball men, which they're still great at, and they're still great at pushing the tempo and things like that. But this year, the defense is really what has what is what's carried them through a lot of their big wins through the conference play, and now in their quarterfinal win last night. Um, you know, tomorrow on Friday they'll play Carmel School, um, another really big team, um, a lot of size, a couple six 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 seven guys. Um, Eastern Mennonite's biggest guy, I believe, is a V-Way Malong at six three, so they're going to be ever matched again. Um, but you know, with the way they move the ball, the way they play defensively, the way they shoot the three ball. Um, you know, I think they have every bit of a chance to win win this thing as, as the other three teams there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it works out. And that's back down in Petersburg for the semis and finals, right? Yeah, Virginia State University, yeah. Yeah, so they'll play at 145 on Friday and then a win there, and it'll be a 12 o'clock tip on uh, Saturday morning. Uh, let's move over to 2B, boys. Uh, East Rock and Page in the 2B semifinals. Uh, we have a state berth at stake between two Bull Run district opponents. Yeah, and it kind of feels like, you know, Paige, Paige desperately wants to beat East Rock. You know, Russ Rodriguez, the Paige County coach, has not been shy about saying that he feels like his team is the better team overall. Um, unfortunately, East Rock has, you know, a guy named Tyler Nickel and a guy named Tyce McNair, and those two alone are enough to, to beat most teams. Um, with that being said, that's Cal Evick, Cooper Keys, all these guys are playing well. Um, East Rock has pretty much beat them pretty handily every time they've played. Um, East Rock did have a little bit of a scare the other night against Clark County in their quarterfinal match. Um, it was a one-point game at halftime, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, Tyler Nickel woke up and came out in the third quarter, finished with 34 points, seven threes, um, and, East Rock, and East Rock was up by 30 in the uh, fourth quarter. So, um you know, it, as long as as long as Tyler Nichols on that team and Tyce McNair's on that team, it's hard for me to see them not continuing to win, especially in this region against teams that they've already beat mostly this season. Um, but Paige does have an experienced team with a lot of seniors. They're going to be fighting to continue their careers. Um, Chase Combs is playing as well as anybody right now for them. So that'll be an interesting matchup, but it'll be another great atmosphere. I mean, all three games they've played this year, the the stands have been packed. So I expect that to be that way again on uh, on Friday night. Who's on the other side of that bracket? Uh, Stewart Straft and uh, Buckingham County. Okay. So and that's the, kind of the unknown uh, side. You know, we obviously know what Stewart Straft is with their um, crazy three-point uh, focused offense, but then you have Buckingham, which again, I mean, in football, you know, that's who East Strock faced in football, and we didn't really know anything about him then. And um, East Strock went down there and got a win. Um, a, real, a, a lot of a really athletic team is what I've heard, um, but you know, we'll see what we'll see if they've got enough for for Nicole and McNair when they face next week. And uh, on the two B girls side, uh, Luray, which is one like a, a, a literally a score straight, they're on like a twenty game winning streak, are they not? Yeah, I believe they're at twenty five and one right now. So and uh, so they're going for a state uh, tournament bid. Who's their opponent? And how are they looking? Uh, well, so they'll face Page as well um, tonight, a team that they've also beat two or three times now. Um, the story with them is right now is, is Emily Weekly, the sophomore. Um, and she's averaging almost, I think, 31 points a game and like 17 rebounds. She's just been unreal. She's, you know, I think once Stephanie Oedekirk graduates next year, Emily Weekly becomes the best player in the area. Um, she's been that good. So she's kind of leading the way for a team that's actually really young and, and is going to be good again next year. Um, but, you know, when you look at their region, you know, on the other side of the bracket, you've got Strasburg, who's got a lot of height. They were in the regional championship last year. And you've got Stuart Straft. Um, down the girls' side. So you're looking at LeRae and Strasburg probably in the, in the girls' championship again. Um, they've already played three times this year as well. It's kind of like Paige and East Rock on the boys. 
Uh, so yeah, Larray is playing really well. Emily Weekly's leading the way, and you, you, then you got Brindley Burrell, Jaden McClung, um, Avery Alger, all playing well. Uh, Joe Lucas is you know he, he's in year four now, and he's really kind of led the turnaround of that program. So um, they certainly look the part of a team that's you know looks like they're pro- probably going to get to host the state quarterfinal game and you know, maybe make a run there in class two. Region three C boys uh, for the second straight year. Uh, last year it was on like a quadruple doink around the rim and it fell through as the horn sounded for spots with boys in a loss to end their season. Uh, this year, almost a mirror image. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, last year, as you said, the, it was the, um, I can't think of the guy's name now, but he, he comes down the lane, um, shoots a jumper after Spotswood had just made a bucket to uh, even it up, and I believe they evened it up on free throws last year, and Cave Spring came down, the ball bounced off the rim five or six times, goes in. Um, this year, Ryan High gets to the line. Ryan High's not even, hasn't been a, you know, a, a great free throw shooter this year, but he goes up to the line in a clutch situation with eight seconds left. Hits both free throws. Western comes down, and, you know, this is all from Chad Edwards. He said Colton Good played tremendous defense on Western's point guard. Um, He drove to the rim, went up, shot was missed. Um, And sure enough, Western's uh, Henry Sullivan comes in at the very last second, kind of grabs it midair and throws it towards the rim, and it it rolls around and goes in right at the buzzer. Um, And so two years in a row, I mean, that's just – that's just brutal and and really what it adds to that that particular situation is that just a week before in the valley district tournament championship game um it again was a second shot that gave harrisonburg the win um that's right you know jzl mensa drove towards the lane colton go was defending him the ball went off the rim and, and jason walker came in on the second chance and tipped it in with two seconds left to give them a win so I mean, man, you've got to feel for those guys and what they've been through in the past year. Um, first time in eight years that Spotswood is not in the state tournament, which is a pretty that's, that's, um, that's, amazing stat. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, talking to Chad Edwards, I mean, he he told me he's he said it was a heartbreaking loss, a gut wrenching loss, a devastating loss. He used just about every adjective you could think of. Um, it's probably gonna take a while to get over that one, and I think. What made that one even tougher was because that team really was kind of the first Spotswood team that we came into the year. We didn't really consider them the favorites necessarily. They kind of made a name for themselves in their own way with not as many big names. They had Rob Smith, obviously, but it was a bunch of guys that you really didn't hadn't heard about before this year. And then on top of that, you looked at the Class 3 as a whole this year, and it felt like this was a year where it wasn't as strong as previous seasons, and it kind of felt like coincidentally they were going to end up making a run this year um, it, even though maybe past teams have been more talented, this year seemed like a year where Spotswood had an opportunity to really make a run with the with the level that everyone else was at around the state. But um, unfortunately, they come up short, and you know it'll be interesting to see how that team rebuilds because you know now without Ross Smith next year, they lose Trayvon Williams as well. Colton Good's gone. Um, you know Ryan Howe will be back, but they lose a lot of key pieces, and it'll be interesting to see what that team looks like next year. Uh, and in the big game for us is the the Region Three C Championship game. While both these teams have state bids uh, already secured, I mean this just ratchets up the rivalry level to a next level. Really, is for the fifth time this year. Fourth, fourth time this year. Fourth, but don't be surprised if we see a fifth. <laughs> uh, Spotswood and Turner Ashby girls are going to go after each other. TA's only losses all year have been to this Spotswood team. Uh, this is a veteran Spotswood team. It is a young Turner Ashby squad. Uh, I mean, this looks 
I mean, you know, goodness gracious, this gym should be packed and rocking. Oh, it will be. And, you know, it is pretty remarkable when you just look at their records. You're talking about Spotswood sitting at, you know, 25 and 2. And the TA is at twenty five and three, so you're, ta- you're talking about fifty and five and fifty five games between these two teams, with three of the losses coming to Spotswood and the other two coming to two out of state opponents. So they they've pretty much been dominant all year in the state of Virginia. Um, and you know, I think the biggest thing here is it's easy to say that Spotswood's just going to run away with this one again because of the past three results. Um, but Chris Dodson kind of pointed to it the other week, other night after when I talked to him after the game, he just said, you know, at this point, I'm kind of expecting them to to just throw something completely random at us that we've never seen before from them. Um, you know, whether that's defensively, offensively, whatever it is, he expects Rob. I mean, you know, Rob Lavelle's been coaching in a long time. He's been there 28 years. Um, he's probably got something up his sleeve to try to throw them off. Um, the biggest key for TA, if they're going to have a chance, is going to be trying to stop Stephanie Urquhart. And I know that sounds like an obvious answer because <laughs> that's most teams' problem. But especially with them, they don't really have the size um, to compete with her down low. Um, Leah Kerkhoff does a good job, but she's not quite as tall. So they've got to find a way to somehow keep her from getting the ball in the spots that she likes it um, and then hope that Spotswood doesn't hit outside shots. You know, the other night against Fort, when Spotswood wasn't shooting well from the outside and they were able to shut down Stephanie, Fort was able to keep that game close, you know, until midway through the second quarter. Um, that's what TA has to hope to do. They have to hope that, you know, Mackenzie Freeze and Lexi Bennington-Horton and uh, Rebecca Weaver and Zoli Khalil aren't hitting their outside shots um, and that they're able to keep Stephanie from getting the ball where she wants it in the paint. And if they're able to do that, you know, they've got enough offensively um, to, to hang in there, but they've got to find a way to get, to stop her. Um, and, and as Dotson said the other night, they're playing for a home game in the state quarterfinals. You know, Spotswood um, wants that TA would, would obviously prefer that over making a trip to Lynchburg or, you know, Lynnhurst or wherever, not Lynnhurst, but Lynchburg or, um, you know, wherever it may be. So, that's that's what's at stake, and I, you know, with these are two perk. You, you look back over the years, you know, Broadway put themselves in the discussion at one point, but these have been the two premier girls basketball programs, you know, for the past two decades around this area. So it's it's definitely going to be a, another great atmosphere. I mean, yeah, players win and lose the games, uh, but I mean, it, with two veteran coaches like Dotson and Lavelle. I mean, how much of this, and you, you talked about it briefly, I mean, but how much is this is kind of on these two guys? I mean, you know, especially, you know, Dotson come up with an answer for whatever Rob's going to throw at him because in meeting number four, like you said, you know, Chris should be expecting something different. I mean, how much of this is a coaching matchup? Yeah, you know, it definitely is, and I think it's going to be a fun kind of a chess match to watch to see how it works out. And, um, you know, I think it, it's one of those storylines that's kind of intriguing because you think, you know, you think hypothetically, what if, what if this Turner Ashby team, maybe it wasn't even, you know, Friday night, what if they were to, this young team that's kind of been ahead of the curve was to upset spots within the state tournament or something? I mean, how, how big of a storyline would that be for next year when you talk about just setting up the future for that team? Um, you know, there's a lot going on there with, with both teams, and I think, you know, TA at this point, you know, as I said it last week, they're kind of just enjoying every moment now because they're not, they weren't even supposed to be in this position. Um, so they really have nothing to lose when you look at it from that aspect. But then again, the longer you play, the more you want to keep playing and the more you want to, um, you know, continue to win and, and advance to the next level. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to, to see how that works out. And um, I, I think there's no doubt that these are the two best uh, girls basketball coaches in the area. And uh, it's going to be fun to see kind of how they respond to each other's um, different tests. Uh, I guess it's Friday night. Kodrick, how can these people follow you to keep up to date? 
Uh, it'll be Cody <laughs> underscore DNR Sports. <laughs> well, what about on the Facebook? Uh, Cody Elliott, Daily News Record Sports. Awesome. Well, Cody, have fun out the games, and we will talk next week once we know who's going to the state tournament and we're all locked in.